Hello. As I'm sure you can tell, this isn't Declan. This is the voice of Patrick, one of the show's producers and the guy who emails scripts. Before we get to this week's episode of Oh Wayward Nights, we have a short message from Platform. We are looking to continue projects like this show in the future. So if you have a story to tell, and this format is interesting to you, please shoot us an email at opendoor at platformprodco.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to Oh Wayward Nights, the audio drama where no one has read the script. As always, I'm your host, Declan Grogan, and with me is a lovely cast of five people I will list off to you right now. First, we have Alan being played by Casey Reha. Salutations again. Of course. Hannah being played by Nicole Tuttle. Hello there. Chris being played by Liam Mann. Hello. Chloe being played by Macy Mateer. Hey, (laughs) y'all. And Zach being played by George. How y'all doing? Who doesn't get a last name this time, as everyone else did. You got demoted! The disrespect. <laughs> this is this is a historic moment. I was hoping so hard that no one would be like, oh, you're giving me a last name today so I could do the big reveal where George doesn't get it this time. Wow. What happened? Did something, do we need to like stop the recording and like yeah, talk well, about this? Yeah, well, let's process this. <laughs> what happened off camera? Like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Should we check in? <laughs> Take some more deep breaths. Declan's blaming me for the, uh, the drop in GameStop cost. Yeah, I know you're a shorter, George. <laughs> <laughs> That'll date this podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big stock market thing. I know George Copeland is a stock shorter. I've seen it. He's, he's told me before. It's a name like Copeland? I feel like a Copeland would have a huge cigar. <laughs> yeah, Copeland and Copeland stock firm. I don't know if you got another Copeland, you know, because you're going to have to find another one to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> find another Copeland. <laughs> step one. Step two, become really good at stocks. Step three, profit. Find everyone you know named Copeland. So it's Copeland, 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 and Copeland. <laughs> you have to get a nice chain of seven, oh, seven Copelands in a row. <laughs> and, then, and then you guys yourself go public and your stock index would be CCCCCC. I'm sorry, it's pronounced. Or just one big. Oh, did you hear? It's coming up in value. I don't watch any of those videos that give you financial advice, but I'd watch them if they all started saying like, you know, is up today. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely trying to become a YouTube finance guy. That's my. Your life goal. Well, again, you just got to find another Copeland to do it. We've established that. I need a catchy, uh, a a catchy sidekick. For as much as we are focusing on George right now, uh, it's funny because this isn't Zach's episode. So, <laughs> Oh, no. Called it. Called it. This is just full of surprises. Maybe that's why I didn't give him the last name. Maybe that's why this isn't Zach's episode. Exactly. Because he, he he just doesn't. He's a, he's a stock shorter. So we're going to move along. Today's episode is Chloe's. So we'll be focusing on Macy. Uh, you guys you guys uh, made your bet pretty well last time, actually, with your predictions. So, yeah, so, so Macy, why don't you just tell us about yourself? Just give us a whole life rundown. Uh, what do you want the audience to know? Goodness gracious. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Macy. Um, I'm an FTT major over at Notre Dame um, Film, Television, Theater. And yeah, this is my first real step into voice acting. I'm really, really excited about this. And I'm really excited to see where, where Chloe's going to go. Yeah. Is there anything else I should know? <laughs> I should let you guys know? I'm a Pisces. I'm a type nine Enneagram. Like, I mean, a social security number. You could probably give us that. Yeah. Yeah. And like mother's maiden name, first dog's name, like, you know, the, the, the general stuff, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. What's your home address? Yeah. Garage codes when you're at home <laughs> <laughs> and any illegal inside stock tips. you have. Mm, that would Okay. Be, okay. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah. Those especially. Yeah, exactly. I guess I guess you can give us a... What do you think your episode's going to be about? I, I can't, like... Uh, I know that there's not a lot, because the today we only gave two side rolls to, I think, Liam and George, and it, all it is is Passenger 1 and Passenger 2. There's no other roles to be had, so... Well, I'm interested in if we revisit the train. Um, but... And <laughs> I'm also curious... <laughs> I feel like this episode has to be the musical episode. <laughs> you, you know, I feel like if any, if Chloe's going to have any fantasy, it would be put to music. Um, so I'm just bracing myself for like a cold read. Put a pin in that till after we're done with the episode. I, I gotta, I'll, I'll talk to you all about how, a little bit about that, because bring that back up. But I got a lot to say about that, but I won't spoil anything right now. I, I like how this segment of the show where we, we, we talk about what we think is going to happen has just become like, how do we set the bar higher than what Declan could do? <laughs> like, how, how do we disappoint the audience? Like, oh, yeah, this episode's it's probably going to be, like, the coolest one yet. There's going to be a music number. It's going to be crazy. And Declan's like, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing. You know, we didn't want this to be a D&D podcast, but it's the same thing as, like, all the players saying to the DM, like, this is going to be such a good session. Are you going to do this? And the DM goes, shit, well, now i got to actually make notes. Okay. I'm just waiting for, like, a travel through like golden age of TV. Oh my god! I think with Chloe, like I think, like seeing Chloe in that like with laugh track and all kind of thing. That's that's what I'm thinking is gonna happen. Well, I think honestly, in some ways, more than anything, I'm curious to get like what like the real Chloe is because I feel like the the whole all of Chloe we've seen is kind of like this persona of like this 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 she's she's a character. She's always in character. So I'm kind of curious to see like how it's going to be, what's what's on the inside. Because honestly, I really have no idea. My prediction, being a, a performer as well as the rest of us, um, there's definitely some overlap that makes you a performer between, if it was a Venn diagram, the two big circles would be uh, crippling self-doubt and borderline arrogance. Oh, I, I have that pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pendulum. Or is it pendulum? I don't know. I can never get it right. I hated the, I hated, what is the... Knock, knock, tapping at my door. Edgar Allan Poe's story. The Raven? This is totally not related, but one time I walked into my dorm room and outside on the little, like, I guess, screen of my window was the biggest moth I had ever seen. And I thought that I was living my own The Raven because here you had this large animal coming to confront me and, like, confront with my grief. A moth, (laughs) moth, mothing at your door? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He said, never moth. And I was like, oh, my God. Never moth. <laughs> never moth. I want that on a T-shirt. All right, guys. Click on our Redbubble link in our in the description <laughs> for red moth. Red moth? Never moth shirts. Macy, can you please submit that story to the moth storytelling competition and just be like, okay, so I took this literally here, but... <laughs> yeah, your, your slam poetry version of events. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd be like, Ricky, Ricky, did you hear the... Did you see the Never Moth story? And he was like, yeah. It's so deep. The moth represents a moth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask Patrick to send the scripts out right now. Uh, also, your one little hint is, Macy, you're going to have to play what Chloe thinks of her mom at one point. So that's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> Sorry, she might have a Southern accent. <laughs> yeah. A southern, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just have a different accent than what Chloe has at all. You just got to say what you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-oh. It's the mom episode. 
We've seen some dads so far. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time we get a mom in there, you know? A lot of, lot of dads. Big big dad energy. I was told this was the weed episode. Or is it, oh, it's the mom and the weed episode. Okay. Those two tend to overlap. As soon as I see a mom step on screen, I'm like, well, this is the weed episode. You know what? If you guys don't mind, I'm going to give a quick second just to disconnect and reconnect and see if that helps at all. I'll be right back. Okay, the audience. This is this is our time. Declan has been watching over us. He's been scrutinizing our every mood, but this is our one chance to 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 let you know what's really going on. Yes. Also, Patrick, do not edit this out. <laughs> Patrick, do not edit this out. We're all trapped in Declan's basement. We haven't gotten out in weeks. Please, someone help us. <laughs> Somebody bring water. Oh, oh, you're back. Oh, hey, nice back. hey Declan, hey. how's it going? We weren't talking about you. <laughs> totally weren't talking about killing off the red bandit and the conductor and the stage directions. Yeah, we're going to kill off the stage director. (laughs) (laughs) Alan turns to the screen. We kill the narrator. And then there was one. (laughs) All right, let's get right into it, shall we? We'll dive into this uh, this nifty little script, episode four, Chloe. We'll see you on the other side. Above Silver River, the once star-filled sky is now riddled with bold strokes of concealing gray clouds. Like a Jackson Pollock, long streaks of cumulus chaotically break up the sky, fighting a war high above our heads for full dominance. Below, the town is dark save for scattered street lamps, dock lights, and a single open garage. You are right. Hmm? Oh, of course. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, like I was saying, we aren't going back out. Inside the garage, we find our gang slewn about the space, looking like they've seen better days. Chris and Alan are the only ones standing opposite sides of the coffee table. While Zach is playing video games on a beanbag chair, Hannah is sitting on the ground with her back to sofa number one, and Chloe is sprawled across sofa number two in her usual pose. So, he wasn't in the woods. That means he could be in town. We checked all over town last week. Chloe sighs again as she stares out the garage towards the clashing night sky. Exactly. If we only check one place a week, the bandit has plenty of time to move. We have to go back out tonight. It's almost 1 a.m. You got somewhere to be in the morning? You know I don't, but we just hiked for two hours in the woods. Oh, come on, man. You've been so chill these past few weeks. Yeah, well, it's hard to keep your cool when you're exhausted. (sighs) Chloe lets out a louder sigh as she rolls herself over on the couch. We're tired, Alan. He's out there. I know he is. It's been three weeks without anyone seeing a clue. We saw him. Everyone but me. Now what I did see was my dad suspiciously playing around with the town's piping system. (sighs) Chloe rolls around letting out several small sighs. When are we going to devote some time to investigating that? We have to find the bandit. He promised me something. What? Look, we'll, we'll investigate whatever you think your dad is doing some other time, but tonight is it. We have to check the town, or the docks, or the beach... I mean, we barely touched the shores. Chloe stretches and sighs loudly. Forget it. We're going home. Chloe practically screams as she hits the couch. What? What's wrong? Hmm? Uh, What do you mean? You were just screaming. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. I was just stretching. Chloe gives Chris a playful smile. It is not returned. I'm trying to make a point to Alan here. I was just stretching. No, you were trying to interrupt me. I was joking around, Chris. Why don't you respect me? Where did that come from? You never listen to me. 
Oh, you're one to talk. I listen to you fine. This one line strikes Chloe the wrong way. All her smiles and charms are gone. You know what? I think you're right, Alan. Let's go to the beach. What? If we're going to search the town over, we might as well do it tonight. Yes, thank you. You're really going to do this. The night's still young. I've got a couple hours left in me. No, we're staying here or going home. I'm tired of searching. Zach is already out of the garage. Let's go to the beach. Why does he keep doing this? I don't know, but I respect it. Lead the way. Right behind you. Chloe and Chris are left behind as Chloe walks to the garage door. Long hike ahead of us. I'd love to help you limber up, but as you heard while you were apparently listening, I'm all stretched out. Chloe smiles as she turns to leave. Chris cracks his back before moping after the party. They walk to the Silver River docks where the thin, coarse, and rocky coastline begins. The cloudy night forms a thick, impenetrable black shroud far out over Lake Superior. At the end of the dock, there is a single marker light illuminating a small, metallic, fancy fishing boat next to a worn-down wooden canoe. Why can't you guys see? This is pointless. You guys know the drill. Hannah and I will take the right. Chris, Zach, and Chloe take the left. Oh, come on. We're not even going to change search parties. I agree with Chris. What? You do? It, it's time we change things up. I'm taking this boat and doing a sweep of the shore from afar. Chloe hops into the fishing boat. Well, Chloe, that isn't ours. Chloe starts the fishing boat's engine with no problem. I won't tell if you don't. All right, we'll meet you guys back here in an hour. Let's go, Chloe. Did you hear me? I'm not going alone. Or were you not listening? What, are you crazy? It's the middle of the night. You'll sink the ship if you go alone. Chloe revs the engine. Sorry, I can't hear you. You're going to sink the ship. Okay, bye. Chloe takes off into the Great Lake towards the dark horizon and disappears from sight, leaving Chris alone, bewildered on the dock. Okay. Well then, Chris and Zach will take the left. Sound good? Yes. No. Great. Meet back here in an hour. Chris stands frozen, looking out towards the dark, as Alan and Hannah walk down the rocky coast. What's going on? I'm sure it's just another fight. Uh, They'll get through it, like they always do. No, not Chris and Chloe. What's going on with you? What are you talking about? The rocky, thin, and coarse shore expands, becoming significantly less thin. You've been hunting this bandit nonstop for three weeks now. Yeah, well, don't you want to find him? You saw he was real. Yeah, but you're on a whole other level. The rocky, wide, and coarse shore smoothens out, becoming significantly less coarse. I know we're close. I can feel it. You've said that every week. I feel it every week. Alan, I know you. You don't feel anything. The rocky, wide, and smooth shore fades from the rocks to brilliant white sand, becoming significantly less rocky. Uh, He said something to me the night we were in the lighthouse. I knew it! Why didn't you tell me? I I didn't know what to do. He never spoke to me before, but he knew about us. The brilliant sandy shore becomes a large white dune, sparkling in what little moonlight shines through the spiderweb of clouds. (sighs) He knew we were all going away at the end of the summer. So? So, he said, it might not have to happen. Hannah and Alan surmount the dune, and on the other side is a sandcastle the size of... Well, a real castle. It stands in a desert of white sand with the lapping waves of Lake Superior far off to the left. What? Like, like we don't have to go to college? No. I mean, he wasn't specific about it. He just... I want to go to college, Alan. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, but he said we didn't have to be alone. They walk to the castle as it lowers a large sand drawbridge, and they enter. 
What does that mean? I don't know, and that's why I have to find him and find out. They pause their conversation just long enough to notice the elaborate sandcastle around them. Several floors, balconies, and windows surround this central hall. The walls are lined with dozens of mirrors, and two grand staircases wrap around the centerpiece of the whole structure. An enormous hourglass, whose top is filled to the brim, letting a steady stream of sand fall to the bottom. Where are we? I don't know. Several miles off the coast of Silver River, a well-lit cruise ship passes on two paddle wheels. The deck is full of the finest dressed individuals imaginable, wearing suits cut from silver and pearls like a full moon. They dine on shrimp cocktails and dance to a live band playing classy jazz. A speaker pipes up to echo the voice of a mysterious captain. Attention passengers, this is your mysterious captain speaking. Ooh, so mysterious! I wanted to let you know that there is absolutely zero chance of us hitting an iceberg on this trip. Now that that's out of the way, please put your hands together for our guest of honor, Chloe McNamara. The audience claps as a spotlight with unknown origin hits the ship's upper deck to reveal Chloe in a stunning silver peacock dress. All are awestruck as light reflects off this quasi-angle like a crystal prism breaking a beam into a spectrum of color. Oh, please. You're far too kind. It's always been so nice to be seen by the public. Chloe! Chloe! Is it true that you just wrapped a shoot with Spielberg? Oh, I guess the cat is out of the bag. Yes, Steven and I have been working on a project titled Chloe McNamara, the story of how one girl became Chloe McNamara. Oh, will you give us an exit, please? Oh, you've been so kind. I don't see why not. The spotlight flickers as a new warm yellow one takes its place. Chloe is now dressed in tattered farm clothes. Growing up in northern Michigan can be tough, especially when you're the fifth out of seven children. <gasps> yes, it's true. My family was so large it was easy to be forgotten. Mommy, Mommy, can we please go play in the park? Another Chloe emerges from the shadows. She has drooping eyeshadow and is smoking a cigarette. Ask your father, Clarence. It's Chloe. Whatever. I was left unseen and alone. Aww. Until one day I found my hidden talent for the stage and was finally seen for what I truly was, an artist. Darling, Chloe, I've never seen such a beautiful rendition of Dorothy. Will you ever forgive me? But of course, Mother, for what kind of daughter would I be if I didn't? Yay! Yay! From that day on, I found my voice through the theater, and now I have everyone listening. Brilliant. You're a star. Oh, hush. You embarrass me. Now with the party. Don't stop dancing till the ship goes down. Hooray! The party picks back up as Chloe descends the staircase to join in the merriment. Back on the dock, Chris remains motionless and looking out to where Chloe has sailed off. Zach is sitting on a dock post, playing a portable Game Boy. We should probably search the beach. She left me. If we don't start now, we're not going to finish searching in time. Forget about the beach, Zach. Okay. She just took off. She was smiling. Well, you weren't exactly being friendly. What's that supposed to mean? You yelled at her. She was interrupting me. She was stepping all over me like she always does. She was playing around. You snapped at her. And you think you'd do better? What? Don't think I don't see you looking at her. What? Uh, I... No, I... I don't. I'm, I'm not, uh... Chloe's leaving. Alan keeps dragging us out here, and nobody will listen to me when I tell them my dad's been doing something serious. I've been so relaxed, and nothing's changed. Chris stares out at the dark sea as Zack keeps his head buried in his game. I'm going after her. What? Chris climbs into the wooden canoe. <laughs> if she thinks she can get away from me that easily, she's wrong. 
I'm going to bring her back. Chris, you can't canoe on Superior at night. If you get lost, no one's going to find you. Stay out of the sack. This is love. You wouldn't understand. Chris grabs the paddle and sucks in like a tough man before bringing the paddle down and pushing off. He paddles on his left side several times, pushing the canoe in a circle. You're supposed to... I know! Chris brings the paddle to his right side and sails off into the darkness. Zack watches him for a moment before he returns to his Game Boy. Across the beach, Hannah and Alan stand within the sandcastle. Hannah looks into one of the several glass mirrors that line the walls as Alan watches the hourglass slowly pour sand into his bottom. Do you remember walking into a castle? No. Hannah looks at her reflection and mirrors everything she does. Why does shit like this keep happening? Hannah walks away from the mirror towards Alan. The reflection stays though, looking shocked to see Hannah walk away. Her reflection looks terrified as it walks off to its left. Wow, that's a big hourglass. Why does this keep happening? What? This is the fourth time we've been out searching and something crazy starts happening. Yeah, you're right. Wait, the, the bandit always shows up somehow. Alan, you can't be serious. What? He does! We are in the middle of some LSD trip sandcastle and you're still thinking about the bandit? Oh, what's the problem? It's not like we question things in the train. We did! You're the one who decided the group should forget about it and become detectives. And nothing bad happened. The train exploded. We weren't hurt. And that doesn't bother you? The sand in the hourglass continues to fall. About a quarter has made it into the bottom half. Why should it? Alan is suddenly a bit taller. He has a five o'clock shadow. Because it makes no sense. Hannah's hair is longer too. She looks as if any lingering effects of puberty have been resolved. <sighs> we should look around, see if he's hiding somewhere. An older Alan ascends a staircase. Unbelievable. As an older Hannah follows as the hourglass slowly pours sand. Far off the shore, the cruise ship continues onward as a few remaining lights of Silver River can be seen miles off. Chloe is caught in the throes of the upper class as she is clearly the life of the party. And that's how I became the first person to truly get Inception. Marvelous. Please tell us another story. That's enough, Reginald. A well-groomed man in a silver suit and a woman in a gaudy silver gown part the crowd as they walk arm in arm towards Chloe. Mr. Allen. And Duchess Hannah. Oh, come on now, please don't gawk. We aren't chickens, after all. The crowd disperses. If it isn't the famed Chloe McNamara, <laughs> my wife and I are very big fans. The pleasure is all mine. I loved you in that movie where you played the queen who saved her people from invaders. <laughs> Some of my best work. I always knew you were noble, but that movie really solidified it. Or that movie where you were that nun who saved that poor country from famine. One of my early projects. Oh, you were marvelous. It was so refreshing to know you were a selfless person. No, darling, she's noble. Are you sure? She seemed quite selfless to me. You two understand that those are just movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my, and she's funny too. Noble and funny, how refreshing. We pinned you right on the nose, didn't we? Oh, enjoy the rest of your cruise. Ta-ta! Alan and Hannah walk away, leaving Chloe confused and troubled. She has a slight frown on her face. Help! Help! Someone cries up from the water off port side. Someone's in the water! Oh, goodness! The crew throws hooks off the ship and begins hauling something up on the deck. The entire crowd, including Chloe, gather around to see what's happening. The crew pulls with all their might as they lift a rotting wooden canoe onto the deck, 
contrasting the clean silver scene with a splash of dirty brown. Chris rolls out of the canoe, wearing the clothes of a filthy pauper. He seems disoriented. Thank you. I took a canoe out here to search for my girlfriend, but I got turned around. I thought I was a goner. Chris? Oh, hi, Chloe. Having fun surveying the shore? Back on the docks, Zack plays his Game Boy as he mutters to himself. His game is going well, but he seems upset by something. It's eating him alive. Why didn't you go with him? He throws the Game Boy down. It bounces off the wood and lands further down the dock. Zack immediately regrets his action. No, please don't be broken. I need you. Zack runs to the Game Boy to find its screen cracked, but it still works. He lets out a sigh of relief. He's about to continue playing when he notices a tarp covering something odd next to where the Game Boy landed. He reaches over and lifts up the tarp. What the hell? Underneath are several canisters of oxygen. Across the shore, the sandcastle sits in its white beach, but it looks a bit coarser. Part of a spire falls off as the tide of Superior comes ever closer. The hourglass is now half empty on top and half full on bottom. Uh, where is he? Alan roams the castle with Hannah in tow. They both look to have gained a bit of weight and their hair has streaks of gray in it. Alan, this is pointless. Stop looking. Uh, he's gotta be here. Stop running away from me. I'm exhausted. I am not running away. You are. Hannah stops to catch her breath as Alan walks back to her. Their middle age seems washed away in the mirror behind them, where their reflections are as young as ever. I'm doing this for us. No, you aren't. I am. Why can't you see that? I don't care about the bandit. I care about you. But but what happens at the end of summer? Hmm? What happens when we all go away? We go away. That doesn't mean I'll stop caring about you. We don't know that. Hannah in her middle age looks hurt. Their young reflections lovingly embrace besides them. Of course I do, Alan. I know myself. I'm not going anywhere. But you are! Alan runs his hand through quickly graying hair while his young reflection dances with his younger Hannah. What if we can't make it long distance? What if what if I never see Chris or Chloe again? Hell, I, I have a hard enough time getting Zack out of his house now. You can't control any of that. Maybe I can! Alan storms off back towards the castle's main hallway, while Hannah turns towards the mirror and sees the younger Alan and Hannah laughing as they sway in each other's arms. She sighs and follows Alan as her face begins to wrinkle. Back on the cruise ship, Chris stands dressed in rags facing Chloe as the passengers and crew surround them. Chris, what are you doing here? I wasn't going to let you get away. I'm going after my girlfriend. Like in the movies. The crowd murmurs at the mention of a girlfriend. Chris, I wanted to be alone. I told you I wanted to be alone. Chloe, do you know this man? Whoa, Hannah and Alan are looking hot. Did he say you were his girlfriend? He was just leaving. Chris looks down at his own rags and frowns. Wait, why do Alan and Hannah get to look all nice, but I'm dressed like a beggar? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is your fantasy. What's going on here? Zack arrives on the scene wearing a dazzling captain's uniform. He looks rugged and sexy, you know, like George Clooney. (gasps) The mysterious captain! Gasp! I heard we pulled a man out of the lake. What the hell? Even Zack looks hot! Stop making a scene, Chris. Oh yeah, because this is all my fault. That's not what I said. I wasn't the one who ran off in a boat leaving my boyfriend behind. The crowd looks uneasy. Chris gets closer. I was surveying the land. Alone. I sat on that dock like an ass for ages. You aren't listening again. Chloe and Chris are slowly inching towards one another. You dress me like trash in your fantasy because that's what you think of me, right? That's 
That's not true. All you ever do is just make assumptions about me. They're right in each other's faces. Meanwhile, Zack is here looking like Zeus because you just love Zack. You don't even know me. Zack stands in between them. That's enough. I won't have anyone fighting on my ship. Captain, who's driving? The whole boat rocks and shakes as all its forward momentum has stopped. Everyone runs to the side to see that they have hit an iceberg miraculously floating in Lake Superior. Well, shit. Back on the shore, the castle looks to be falling apart. A spire is missing and the tides of Superior are right against its walls, slowly eating away at its sandy exterior. The inside staircases are crumbling and some of the mirrors are shattered. The hourglass has less than a quarter of its sand left. Alan and Hannah take their time descending the crumbling staircase as they now look to be well over 70. So, you're just going to run away from the future forever? I'm not running away. Their hair is a brilliant snow white, and their wrinkles line their faces for decades of use. The bandit has a solution. He tried to kill us, Alan. He didn't kill us. We just disappeared. Don't you think that's strange? Everything's strange. All around them, the glass mirrors show hundreds of different lives for the couple. Hannah and Alan, young, climbing the tree. Hannah and Alan arguing in their middle age. Hannah and Alan watching the sunset as two old crones holding hands. The shattered mirrors reflect their future into countless possibilities. What could the bandit possibly do? He said I didn't have to be alone. You aren't alone. I will be. We all will be. Back on the ship, everyone but Chris and Chloe is panicking. Rich folks scream as they tear at each other for life vests and lifeboats. Chris and Chloe stand in the center of the ship, arguing as the ship slowly sinks. God, this was my time alone and you just barged right in! You're treating me like trash! You and Hannah both got to run around on your own and you refused to even give me my own adventure! You're selfish, self-absorbed, and you don't care about me at all! That's not true! None of that's true! Yes, it is! No, it's not! You just decide these things about me! You just look at me like everyone else and say, I know she's a real bitch, and no matter what I do, you never change your mind! I don't do that! Yes, you do! You're just like my mom! I have to get on the stage, and I have to dance around for you to finally see me. Wait, Chloe, I'm not trying to write you off like that. Well, you did. Alan and Hannah huddle near the hourglass as the castle falls apart. The tide hits the walls like a tsunami as the hourglass is on its last few minutes of sand. Hannah and Alan age before our eyes. Leaving town isn't going to break us all apart. No one comes back. So we'll meet up outside of Silver River. For, for what? A day? We spend every Friday night together. There's nowhere to go from here. We'll make it work. We're doomed. You're not even willing to try. The mirrors shatter around them, breaking alternate lives and realities to the floor. The ship is halfway submerged. Fancy folks scream as they tear their silver garments to shreds, looking for a way out. You don't see me, Chris. Okay. I see you now. I didn't realize what I was doing. I had no idea. No. I I can't do this again. It won't change. Yes, it will. I was being stupid. I love you, Chloe. No. Stop it. I do. Chris, you're right. I don't respect you. Ow. The ship cracks in two. She's going down. The two halves slide into the sea, bringing Chloe and Chris down into the waters. Their eye contact remains unbroken as the sea swallows them whole. On the beach, the sandcastle is melting with the tide. The cloud-filled sky above pours staggering moonlight down upon an hourglass with only a few more handfuls of sand to give to the mound below. 
Hannah and Alan are as old as it gets. They've laid themselves down next to each other as they can barely walk. The waves press on. You have to try, Alan. I am trying. I'm trying to get the bandit. No, Alan. We have to try. You can't write this summer. As a deadline, it's not fair. It's the truth. Then what about us? Sitting next to the hourglass, the two old faces are turned young in their reflections against the glass. Are we done? What? No, that's that's not what I meant. Then stop writing us off before the summer's even finished. Hannah, I'll always love you. Then don't assume we won't make it. We have to make long distance work. Alan and his younger reflection both stare into their Hannahs with fear and admiration. I'm scared. So am I. Hannah and her younger reflection both take their Alan's hands. You can find your bandit, Alan. I know you won't stop till you do. (sighs) Hannah. But don't ever write us off. I won't. I'm so sorry. I won't. The couple turned older than time and brace alongside their younger reflections. I love you. I love you too. The final grain of sand falls to the bottom and the two close their eyes and breathe out their final breath. Frozen in embrace, the hourglass shatters around them. The castle falls to the ground as the tide baptizes every grain of sand, reducing the once mighty structure to nothing more than another dune. The water covers the old pair and drags them out into the depths of Lake Superior. The cruise ship is no more as well. No sinking halves, no icebergs, and no rich people in silver can be seen. All that remains of the wreck is a rotting wooden canoe carrying Chris and Chloe wearing their usual fashion. So you don't respect me? No, but it's not you. Oh, classic breakup line. I think I took a whole world that didn't see me and put it all on you. I started seeing you as every person that ever wrote me off. Well, what do you know? I think I may have taken my world without respect and done the same to you. Every criticism. Every outburst. It It wasn't wasn't about about you. you. So, what now? Break up and get back together in a month? No. We can't do that. I still love you. I loved you too, but one day the hate I put on you swallowed it up. I think I just started calling that hate love and never realized I made the switch. So, this is it then? I think so. Well, this sucks. Yeah, it does. The clouds have spread across the sky, blocking out all stars save for a single weak point, miraculously above the canoe. A soft stream of moonlight shines down upon them. Chris stands up in the canoe. Chloe McNamara, it is going to take months to get over you. I'm going to lie and act like I'm fine, but for a while, I'll feel empty, and the thought of you is going to make me want to scream. But even with all that, I wouldn't take it back if I could. Thank you, Chris Reed. (laughs) May we one day laugh about this. But not today. The moonlight leaves as the last hole in the cloud's armor is covered up. Let's go home, honey. That's three. Chris sits down and begins to row the pair back to shore. On the docks, Zack is looking over the canisters of oxygen as Hannah and Alan wade through the water towards him. 
What happened to you guys? Oh, we were in a big sandcastle. And then I think we died. You died? Oh, don't worry. It was just of old age. Oh? The canoe arrives back at the dock with Chris and Chloe. Oh, hey. What happened to you? I don't want to talk about it. Me neither. Wait. Did any of you check the other shore for the bandit? No. Well then, what was the point of coming out here? My thoughts exactly. Well, I found this. The group gathers around Zack, who's looking at the oxygen. You found... air? He flips over a card attached to one nozzle. It reads, To be delivered to Town Hall. Oh. Dad. They sit in silence as the night crickets echo from the trees. <sighs> Let's go to bed. Took the words right out of my mouth. Fade out. Episode four, wow. baby. Oh, boom. Whew. Takes the air right out of you. Um, ow, my heart. Yeah, how yeah. about it? Yeah. Broken. Tugging at the real strings. One couple lives and one couple dies. The Thunderdome. Two couple enter, one couple leave. Who won? Who's next? <laughs> really putting Casey and Nicole through their paces, making them cold read Benjamin Button front to back. <laughs> I, well, again, I mean, I hadn't uh, taken it that way before with other people, so I'm glad you guys did, because you guys surprise me every time we do these readings with the choices, and I actually genuinely love it, so I want to thank you for that. Like, uh, that was the best read of that episode I've definitely had, so I'm super happy with how it went out. <laughs> I'm glad it really tugged those heartstrings. Um, okay, but, like, uh, Chris's declaration right there, like, at the end, like, the, uh, it's going to take months to get over you, that... <laughs> Beautiful performance, by the way, Liam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just broke my heart. Ugh. Absolutely. It's going to take months for me to get over that line. <laughs> so we can now add to the checklist in addition to, like, blame Declan for this episode, call Liam a schmuck. We can now add, cool, not going to cry. Nope, nope, going to do it for this episode, too. <laughs> get through it without crying. Yeah, exactly. You have to have one episode where it's going to have a Pixar episode, you know, where one where you, <laughs> this is this is what's going to get that Oscar bit, you know, the Oscar for podcasts. I do just want to say another another example of of brilliant writing by Declan. I just I I I picked it up when when you read it and I it's been sticking in my head and I just need to say it on page fifteen when you said she looks as if any lingering effects of puberty have been resolved. <laughs> That's like the most fucking weird way I've ever said or heard someone like write. She grew up. She got older. <laughs> yeah, that was a line where I was like. I don't know if this is like uh, if this is gonna fly, but it's very personal to my life, I guess. Where it's just like one day you look in a mirror and you're like, "Huh, it's over." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wow, we're done. The chains of her youth have been unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Today at Joel's bar mitzvah, any lingering senses of puberty have been resolved. Today you are a man. Have been resolved. That's it. Have been resolved. <laughs> uh, so shout out to. Chloe's uh, fantasy being a riverboat. Hell yeah. <laughs> Amazing. We love showboat. We love and Titanic. Just, just theatrical enough for her, you know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I could talk more about that musical thing because when I first was writing this, I absolutely was going to make it a musical. And then I thought for a second, I was like, I can't write lyrics and then like teach someone a song without them ever seeing the song. <laughs> That would have been so funny. You just say, sing here, and whatever comes out. 
most of us are singers and improvisers. I don't see a problem there. I honestly, after seeing everyone do like covers and sing songs here, I'm like, I kind of really missed out on like, you know, doing a musical episode here, but I don't it's know. all good. We, we could make music ahead of time. Next I can, season. I can write words. I can't write notes and also and song. a Kate Winslet stand in is pretty, pretty on point for her characters. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. For me, what gave it away was she joins the upper class. <laughs> and I was like, mm, we're about to hit an iceberg, aren't we? And then oh, lo and behold. Yeah, I was like, because I also originally had the idea to just make it exactly uh, Titanic. But then I was like, well, Chris has a, what is it? There's a Disney parody. We got like a, a spy parody. I'm like, I can't just keep doing movies. So I'm just going to make it like kind of lightly. It's so perfect that like it's like all the like big melodramatic forms of media you had like showboat and then you had titanic you, you just like combine it into the biggest melodrama like mega melodrama <laughs> it was it was perfect for her also the stage picture of like them locking eyes as they sink underwater I, it, it just makes you wish that this was like either an, animated or live action it, it's just like hear that animators yeah hey mm-hmm. fan artist because i know i'm gonna we're gonna have a lot of those <laughs> get out there draw that shit no, that was that was beautiful. Like, and I, I think I, I bring it up every time after every episode, but it's just the trauma of these characters is coming through in these fantasies, and it is so just deliciously awful. And I mean, there's no other way to put that. Um, and like, we got to see like kind of two traumas going on in this episode um, with the two couples, and that was whew. Yeah, and that's it's a really interesting thing. Like, um, the stuff that we carry and the way that we process it, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like, it does affect other people and what happens when the things that you're carrying, you know, rub against, you know, what someone else is carrying. Like, how does that, you know, how does that set off dynamite, you know? Yeah, there's a thousand times where I'll walk away from an argument and be like, I didn't like, I don't know why I was like arguing over soup. And I'm like, this is a bigger reason that like they upset me two days ago. And I'm like, for whatever reason, taking out over the soup, like, that's what I felt with Chris and I, soup is what I felt with Chris and Chloe's character today. That's all I said. <laughs> I also felt soup. <laughs> also, staying in a in a toxic relationship because it brings you a level of catharsis and fulfillment, despite the fact that it's bad for you. Yeah, like a weird yelling, yelling at the person because they're everything you think is wrong with the world, and for whatever reason you can't stick away, stay away from that. Like that's the weird. Ouch, guys, just like at me next time, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's experienced that in this room. (laughs) I almost feel that I think that case, almost in some way, I feel like this, this like breakup between Chloe and Chris, no matter how how permanent it's going to be, I think it's almost like a good, like, I, you know, it's, it's, it hurts, it hurts to do it and it sucks. But I think based, especially like based on you know, how they were acting when we came back to it and, like, the, the interactions, like, after, like, we said, all right, we're, we're going our own ways. It almost feels like we're now, like, we're, now that we're not, like, clouded by this relationship, we're able to, like, just be friends with each other or, like, just, like, kind of hang out or, like, you know, just be a healthy dynamic because it's just, like, together is not the most healthy dynamic for us to be in. You know what I mean? It's just it's just awful for everyone. Um, so I think it's almost like, you know what hurts it sucks that they're not together anymore it's almost like it's like a sigh it's like a sigh of release there's kind of a, a lot of tension has just kind of been unwound i think yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely same thing with uh they she she may not respect chris but that doesn't mean that she doesn't like like him but like, <laughs> like right right yeah and i'm okay with that i i have to point out the red bandit did not show up 
but his influence was everywhere. Yeah. Good, good eye. I wanted one episode that was just really about the characters, and I think that that's absolutely a good reading of that, of like, uh, we don't need the Rip Bandit there at all for them to still have trauma. (laughs) No, he's already sprinkled everything he needed to, and now he's just watching his pot boil. Yeah. Three broken relationships. Hannah Allen, Chris uh, and Chloe, Zach, Game Boy. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the real tragedy. Hey, 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 you laugh. Behind the scenes, I almost gave Zach his own, like, solo thing this episode where he went on a crazy little adventure. And I was like, that doesn't feel like it'd be weird to have a funny arc with Zach as, like, the world's collapsing for the other two relationships. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to have Zach, you know, have his own moment on the dock. Hey, man, I did the most work. I found the the oxygen tanks. You really did. Yeah, you did. You're the only one progressing our plot. (laughs) (laughs) We're out here progressing ourselves. (laughs) I did a no growth. I was just hanging out like, whatever. When your episode comes, nothing's going to change. You're going to have no trauma. Zach is just a quiet guy. He doesn't actually have anything going on. Zach has no issues. Everyone in his life treated him perfectly. Everyone was so nice to him. My, My arc is that I set the speed run for like the for Super Mario on the Game Boy that's my <laughs> I set the record It's just his Game Boy's just in bubble wrap now Yeah <laughs> and that's what he has to process I become the king of Kong I uh <laughs> I set the high score and we find out that Zack's Red Bandit is in fact in another castle <laughs> Oh that's such a good joke why did I <laughs> Put it in it's not too late It's not too late the episode still is somewhere in the future Just just have Declan say it and then edit Edit out Casey saying it and just take credit for the joke. <laughs> yeah, guys. Oh, uh, it looks like Zach's Red Bandit is in another castle. All right, Patrick, <laughs> you know how to do that. Wow, that was so funny. The only reason that Declan structured these readings this way is so that he can steal ideas at the beginning and end. That's the whole... He's like, I don't know what to do with this show. Yeah, it's also to have everyone tell me, oh, that was such good writing, like, to my face at the end of the episode. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, that's actually in the script right now. Like, you don't realize this, but there's more pages. It just says... Praise Declan highly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember, that one's in bold, so I don't read it. You guys just do it. All right, right, yeah, right, 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 right. The right, first right. episode's gonna come out, and it's, it's just gonna be us edited together. Like, wow, Declan, you're my favorite. We <laughs> think you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like we're reading serial killer notes. Like it's it's spelled out in like magazine pieces. Declan is funny. Declan <laughs> is funny. Wow, we love you, Declan. We love you, Declan. I am proud of you, son. <laughs> but we use two different parts of Declan, like yeah, Declan. I also, I also piece my dialogue together for some reason. <laughs> Cohesiveness, Declan. <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of the narrative, the grander narrative. Why did you paste that part together, Declan? Because I can't say it in real life. <laughs> And that's his trauma episode. Yeah, my, oh yeah, episode six is the deck episode. <laughs> that's the bonus episode. Yeah, we do a seventh one. Hell yeah. All of your characters that you've written come up and like face you and are like, listen, we need to talk about the shit you gave us because you probably have it yourself. You've, you've apparently have experienced all facets of this stuff, so we got to give you therapy. Yeah, my episode happens with my therapist after we're done recording. <laughs> The screen direction's gonna open up and be like, Chris, Zach, and Alan are like hanging out. The 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 the, the screenwriter wishes he could join in more than anything. <laughs> he just wants to be included. Next episode, a new a new kid comes to town. Who's this who's this Becklin guy? <laughs> <laughs> Becklin is writing a self-insert character. <laughs> Declan shows up and everyone wants to be his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becklin, you're the best and you saved me. <laughs> 
Watch as everyone tries to bend it like Becklin. <laughs> and on that terrible pun. Yeah, we'll wrap things up on that terrible pun right there. Thank you guys again for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week or in a few seconds. For the next episode, there's only two characters left. And I think most people understand who's coming next. If you're listening to this, you probably do. So we'll see you next week. And uh, thank you again for listening. And as always, have a good night. And we'll see you soon. What the hell? That was so sad! We still have two episodes to go! What are they gonna do now? Who... Who in their right minds would produce this? Oh Wayward Nights is produced by Platform LLC, a production company. To learn more about Platform, check out their website, platformproudco.com, and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Platform is proud to have an open-door policy for any and all artists. If you're a creative with an original idea for platform-specific art looking to get produced, send an email to opendoor at platformprodco.com with a brief description of your project to schedule a meeting with the platform team. Macy Matier made me cry today. Her performance as Chloe was also tear-jerking. See more of her incredible work on Instagram at Music with Macy. Casey Reha and Nicole Tuttle literally brought down the house with their heart-wrenching roles of Alan and Hannah. Find Casey online at CaseyRehaVO.com and Nicole on Twitter at Nicole Voice. Check out her audio drama The Lafrisian Chronicles as well. Liam Mann played Chris and George Copeland played Zach, but more importantly, they played the boat passengers. Liam is on YouTube at Eggy McLeggy and George is on Instagram at George S. Copeland. Declan Grogan did narration. Today's music was made by Seth Barnes and Leo Macariola. Leo wrote that swanky jazz piece for today's show and recorded it with a live jazz band. Leo played keys with Mac Olson on trumpet, Aiden Costanzo on drums, and Maya Toffler on bass. You can find Leo on Instagram at Leo Macariola and message him to get into contact with any of the players. Seth Barnes can be contacted at seth.dbarnes at gmail.com. Oh Wayward Nights was created and written by Declan Grogan. Follow our show on Instagram and Twitter at MyTownPodcast. As always, thank you to Audio Mint for having us on the network. Subscribe or, you know, like this. Do whatever you can. Thank you, and good night. You were just listening to an Audio Mint podcast.